Guys, what's going on? This is the first take, believe it or not, of uh, reintroducing you to the Scandi Sports Podcast. I've been gone for a little bit. We piloted the Redshirt Senior Podcast, best podcast name in the game. Uh, but then Dustin had to go and get a job at the number one prep program in the States. So that's going to be on hold for quite some time. But we're gearing back up. This is the ramp up period. And no one better to speak Raptors right now uh, from the area than Zvi, Raptors Insider. Zvi, how are you? Who are you? I'm How's it good. Going? I'm good. My <laughs> name is Zvi. Um, I am, as some of my friends like to call me, the Raptors Insider. See right here in the logo. Uh, the Raptors Insider is a media platform, predominantly on Instagram. My goal, really, with the page is just to provide fans with try to be unbiased insight or knowledgeable insight that comes from actually factual sources, hmm. and just really just provide an outlet to make information accessible for everyone. Yeah. So, and how long has it been going on for? So. Funny enough, I started the page, I think, just before the championship season. So, like, in that, like, time. So, golden Good, window. Perfect timing. Uh, I started the page as a joke. Yeah. Like, literally, I had a buddy, Danny. Shout out to Danny. Great guy. Um, he had the page at around a couple hundred followers. And I was applying for a job to be a hype man for the Raptors yeah. during that championship run. And I needed something for my resume. I was studying social work. I was like, how can I show that I'm a basketball guy? Because I yeah. could talk the talk. Yeah. I just needed some substance, you know, that you can boost and hype right. when you're talking at the table. But so he let me take over the page and I just, you know, you write on the resume, hmm. founder, run, you do all this, yeah. you know, like just so you can get the conversation. And after I got the job, I just kind of continued the page and I'm like, it just kind of sparked something in me where you do something and you're just like, shit. Let's go. I kind of like this. I kind of like what I'm doing, firing me up and... Obviously, it was great content, and it just kind of blew up from there. And I think the first year, I got from, like, 200 to, like, 25K and, like, right after the Raptors won. So that was uh, – the rest is history. I know you said a lot of important stuff there, but I'm still hanging on to Hype Man. So you're the guy running up and down the aisle saying, you know, get on your feet type of thing? I was when yeah. I was in school. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when you're on the court and, or like it's time out. Yeah. The guys come out yeah. with the shirts. Getting, that, yeah. That was, me. Yeah. that was me. They didn't trust me with the, with the shirt gun. Yeah. You know, you Natural. have to get like yeah. proper things. And I was, I was a diehard fan and you can yeah. see it. So it's like in those moments, I'm like, don't give me a thing that could hurt. Don't, don't give me a weapon. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah, that was me. And I think probably my claim to fame is I'm actually in the Kawhi shot. Yeah. Like in game seven. In yeah. The shot behind the net. Really? Yeah. I'm like, I'm right there. I'm like holding my hands. You'll see me in the aisle. There's like a guy in a red tracksuit. Yeah. You see like everyone's looking at the net and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Imagine if the, uh, the t-shirt gun at that point. Oh my that God. Been, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. free shirts for the whole crowd. But yo, I was at that game too. Weirdly enough. I remember it was the day of the game and I'm asking all my buddies, like, we got to go. Like, when are we going to see a game seven ever again? Everyone's like, nah, like, I don't remember what day of the week it was, but Rax. it was. It That's was, probably why. It was what? Racks, bro. Yeah. It was like a good well, But here's the thing. I got hooked up because now at this point, none of my friends wanted to go. I'm like, fuck it. Do I go by myself? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I got a single ticket. It was $200, which is 
a lot of money, but also if if it's a great deal, if it's a great deal, dollars to get yourself in that because no one's really buying single, single tickets, tickets, right? Yeah. And I got double blessed because it was in the uh, what's the right term for it? I was sitting next to a lot of wheelchairs, so they had like this extra section out. It's not usually there where they like the accessibility section. The accessibility, yeah. sure. So it was that, but they just put a chair in there for me. <laughs> that was my seat for the game, but I had tons of room wasn't really rubbing elbows with anybody and yeah dude i remember there's one part of that game that just not captured on film right it was like third quarter ish it just got so deafening loud like it, i just remember like earthquake level of noise and i watched the game back after and i'm like i couldn't find it it was just anyways but that game was um, incredible a game yeah incredible game but that's not why we're here we're reminiscing uh that's when the raptors would go on to win a championship Today, I think the Raptors are 23 and 30, 22 and 30, something like that, right? I don't even want to think about the score. You know, we could, we could check that and, yeah, not, not, not doing too well. Yeah. But they find themselves in a situation where they may control the trade deadline. And we should start off with do you see this team being in acquisition mode as a buyer or is are we? sold on sellers mm. yeah it's it's a very interesting situation that the raptors are in mm. especially with all the Kyrie information and you know what's the future going to be like for kd and all that but i think you know kind of looking back at masai's vision and system right masai's a guy we've seen built a current core and a future core and when those two systems get brought up, by the time that future core is able to compete for a chip and you can kind of sell pieces of the current core guys, mm -hmm. then you go all in to compete. Right. And I think that we did that and we lost guys, unfortunately, for nothing in Kawhi, Serge, yeah. and other players. You know, we were still in a position to today that we want a chip and we don't have, we didn't have to liquidate everything out of us yeah so i think you know i kind of want to i just mentioned that because some fans are like oh we need a win right now we need a win and do this it is very rare that you win a chip mm -hmm. off of kind of a grown team with couple moves one major you know that you don't have to fully dump your whole asset right like you see what happens with lebron and other teams um and who are really just trying to trade their way to a chip yeah. Golden State's the anomaly in that situation where they drafted. So in that situation right now, we have, you know, you could say Scotty Barnes is that yeah. future guy that's going to get brought up. And he's a guy that continues to get better, surprises a lot of people. But I think my honest opinion, you know, it's not based off of inside information or anything, right. is you look to be a little bit of sellers because you're not in a position where if you make like a solidified move right now, you don't make yourself a championship team. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're going to be a buyer in this kind of market of what's available, you got to be ready to go all in and make that move. Right. So I think my honest opinion is we might look to sell right. a piece or two. And those pieces right now, according to the reports and where all the fingers are being pointed, is you got OG, you got Gary Trent, and you got Van Vliet, yeah. are the most sought after guys. 
Yeah. And it's a rare situation that a team doing this poorly has such valuable players mm -hmm. that makes you pose the question, why aren't they performing well as a unit? But you have such valuable guys in this market that you can trade for picks, younger players, um, a variety of things that you never see. So it's such an interesting situation, but I would lean more towards sellers and buyers. But for the very reason you were talking about with, we still have valuable pieces on an underperforming team. With a situation like the Kyrie situation, obviously people are primarily focused on, well, Kyrie wants a trade. In the aftermath of a Kyrie trade, it looks like there could be the Durant piece potentially back in play. If a Durant situation did develop and he does become available and the Raptors have valuable pieces and the draft equity for a Durant sort of trade, do you think that could affect what they plan to do in the next six days, basically? That's a curveball. Like, like, that, like, yeah. You know I mean? like, yeah, it's the, like the whole news with Kyrie and what's happening with the Nets, it's like, you know, it's so unexpected, but right. like, it is kind of expected. Like, yeah. He, Kyrie does those kind of things um, with organizations. But I do think like, I don't know if this team's going to dump everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we're going to go OG, Van Vliet, right. and Trent at the deadline. Yeah. I do think one person's going to get moved. Yeah. What I do believe it might have to be OG mm -hmm. um, just because he's at his highest point. But even after that, you still have assets in picks and everything. Because if Durant's gone, mm -hmm. they're in a full rebuild. Yeah. So picks become picks right. become extremely attractive to the Nets. Right. Right. So we have that. And then maybe it's like a Trent or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever happens with Van Vliet, you know, he's realistically gonna decline any player option right. he has. And so it's I still think we're gonna have somewhat of a package, but that's the thing, right? Like to gamble on the what if when guys are on expirings is a huge gamble to take. Mm -hmm. And if you can make a move now where you can get maybe at least two unprotected first rounds for a guy like OG, you know, I know like the Knicks were rumored to be willing to do three first rounders, but those aren't like, those have yeah. protections on them. Right. So it's sure. not like they're kind of like on the lower side of the yeah. first round. Um, but if you can get like a good haul from like one of the teams, like the Pelicans, for example, or Memphis that are in the OG sweepstakes, like I think you have to go with those opportunities because right. it's certain like you have it in front of you and you're able to use those pieces even going forward because right. we still have all of our draft capital. So I guess from my galaxy brain, mind in the sky sort of perspective, I'm like, is there a chance we could drag KD before the trade deadline, fix the season, turn it around 2023. No, that's not, that's not, happening. I just, I just don't that's think it's going to happen. I, I still do think that the nets are going to call Kyrie's right. bluff and they're not going to trade him. Yeah. But we'll see. You talked about OG. Um, and it's going to step on the toes of what you said a little bit just now, but from your perspective, what's a good haul for OG? And you don't have to name specific players in return, but like, what do you think the ideal framework around an OG trade would be? Are you looking more pick side? Or are you looking more 
young players that can kind of come in and play right away? Or what do you think uh, would be a ideal hall? So, you know, looking at the ideal hall for OG, yeah, kind of looking at him right now, like his value will never be higher than what it is, mm-hmm. right? You have him on like 17 and a half a year yep. when he's performing at a 24, 25, maybe 26 a year yeah. in this current market. So you would have him for the remainder of the year to go for a chip now. Right. And then you have him under that contract for another year. Right. So, so there's an incentive. So it's two years, yeah. right, of having this elite all-NBA defensive player caliber uh, player who can hit shots, finish at the rim, you know, make an impact on both ends. So the value for that, like those are like the ideal glue pieces for a team mm-hmm. that's trying to compete, right? Because right. he's a guy that you throw on the star player, that he gives them a hard time that can also not be, you know, useless on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a biased fan, because I'm yeah. still a fan, you know, um, you're the hype man. You want, you want, yeah, the hype man. <laughs> you want the world for him. Yeah, but you also got to be a little bit realistic. Yeah. Um, but I do honestly believe that a pit, like a trade around, like for me, at least two mm. unprotected firsts. Right. Right. Cause OG's like, he's that guy. Like yeah. you're bringing in an, that elite caliber, uh, mm-hmm. style of play that he can offer to win. Like that's what you manipulate yeah. Two unprotected firsts. You know, you can throw in another first that has the protections around it, some swaps, but that's like for me one of the more ideal situations, but also knowing Masai and knowing that has never been our move to dump players for just capital, mm-hmm. just draft picks. We might look to get a young player that we could build around, right? Similar to like what we try to do with Precious. Mm-hmm. Um, people were like, "Oh, we just got like Precious Achua and Drogic yeah. for Larry," but it's like. Precious is a guy that you want in that system. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see really what teams will throw. Yeah. Right? Because that's – he's the ideal player. The most ideal player on a championship starting five. Right. That would not need the ball to be successful. That's why when people were doing their their KD trades in the summer, I was always inclined to keep OG because he would be a guy that you'd want to play with the KD yeah. or with along with a superstar. So that's why that's why the Knicks thing kind of baffles me. Like OG can play l- legitimately in any team in the league because he can you can justify putting him in four positions. You can count on him to be able to defend those four positions and to shoot. It doesn't matter what position you're playing if you're shooting. So he fits anywhere, but a team like the Knicks, I'm like, does that get you any closer? Maybe as like a consistent playoff team, if that's where they're. It's play. also the Knicks, right? You it's never like, you know, yeah. like the Knicks and, do like complete out of left field things. And if I'm if I'm doing a deal with the Knicks, I don't want Dallas's picks. I don't want a Chicago's pick if that's what you have. I want your picks because I'll bet against you guys more than any other team in the league. Yeah. Personally, I want I want your picks. But so that's that's what an OG trade could look like. Another guy that's been sort of rumor milled to be available. Less hot than OG in terms of rumors, but is Fred Van Vliet, um, a guy that we brought in all the way through the system, bench mob guy, um, played his way onto the team from Summer League, was able to contribute to a championship, um, albeit off the bench at that time. Man, that Raptors bench was crazy. Anyways, 
if it's time for him, do you do you buy that it might be uh, time for him to go? What is your prediction around Fred VanVleet? Do you think he stays? Do you think he's going? Yeah, Fred Fred VanVleet is a very it's an interesting situation right now because mm-hmm. I do believe he has a player option for um, next year. He can opt out after yeah, the season. Yeah, he can opt out after this season. And by then, you know, I believe he'll be an unrestricted uh, or even then teams are going to throw the dollars at him, mm-hmm. right? Like he is, he's a good player with a good story. Um, being on my side of this on social media, I see the craziest things on in comments, people DMing me the most wild things possible. Like, bro, this guy chucks up garbage. Yeah. He's a brick. Oh, I love him. He saved our lives. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like he plays well. Everyone's like, oh, man, give him his flowers. He yeah. Plays. He has a bad game. It's like, oh, this guy, he just, he's a bricklayer. What does he right. do? Like, he just chucks up shots. No one likes playing with him. And it's such like a polarizing thing with Van Vliet. Yeah. And then for me, I'm always like, a step back from it all mm-hmm. and i can see it at a very different light because i like to look at it from like a coaching more of like a management perspective right and the way i like i'm a very eye level test kind of guy yeah right and when i see a player like van vliet i see you know what you're hoping for a really good catch and shoot shooter offers good perimeter defense um and has a great locker room presence but as an undersized guard um his ability to get guys involved, whether it's in pick and roll situations or really just facilitating and managing those offensive sets, you don't see that. Like mm-hmm. he's supposed to be the focal point of that half court offense, but he's not a crafty shot creator. Right. He's not a guy who like gets his three out and it looks clean or it looks smooth. Like it looks chucked or he has that mm-hmm. like high arcing arm to get it over the defender. And I think those limitations set us back entirely because when you have a point guard that can't do those things, it relies guys who don't have like don't have the physical you could say like archetype or mm-hmm. that gene in them to do that, right? So I do think that you know come this deadline, what I would expect or think that the Raptors do because I don't have that inside right. knowledge is you're going to take offers and you're going to maybe do a little shopping. Right. Because there is that report that Orlando is looking to throw dollars at him. Right. And Orlando is a team that has that money. And And it has that Raptors ties. Exactly. Like if they're throwing dollars, if you want to keep them, you got to match it. So you're looking Mm -hmm. at like close to, if not a max. Yeah. And like, I love the guy, but I don't know how much I can tie Van Vliet into that money. No. Right. And, if I'm going to have a point guard, like a fundamentally sound point guard to work within the guys I want to or with anybody, like get guys involved, you know, hitting your three is like kind of like now a requirement for the NBA. Right. So it's like if that's what all you do, it's like, bro, that's what everybody's doing. Yeah. So, you know, I love the guy. I don't know if I can tie him into a max. So I think like it could be the time to shop those offers. And yeah, if the right pick, comes around and an expiring Van Vliet, you know, I I would look to maybe take it because then you risk him walking for nothing. Right. Because Phoenix wants him, Orlando wants him. Yeah. And you presume teams like a Dallas, both LA teams, there's, there's sef- rare, but there is point guard holes in the NBA right now. Exactly. And there's, there's no shortage of good point guards. And um, when one becomes available, you got to kind of 
kind of go after. But it's it's so true what you're saying when you have a team that's been built up on six seven to six nine long rangy defenders. If you're the guy that's not that on their team, you have to do the things the other guys can't. And um, like you said, he he's struggling filling that role consistently uh, for the Raptors. So I'd probably agree with you that while it hurts, it's probably time to to at least listen to the the calls that come in over the next five six days and see where he ends up. Yeah, and the Raptors they love Van Vliet. Like clearly right. behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like what the fans don't see, mm-hmm. he's gathering guys together. Yeah, right. And you know, to lose a guy like that is huge. Yeah, like we lost that in Larry, mm-hmm. right? And clearly Van Vliet has played that role for the team now. Um, but it's just yeah, like in all other as- aspects that we need is like. Is does Van Vliet give you that next step, or is he in that like four year plan? Mm-hmm. We are tying him into all these dollars. When if you want to keep Siakam, he goes up. You want to keep Scotty, he goes up. Yeah. Then you're built basically building the same team. Right, and at least what I was told in Scotty's draft is that he is a six eight point guard. Like he he's supposed to be uh, a playmaker, and you see it come and go. Uh, throughout several games this year. And I think the jury's still out on whether that he's still going to be a facilitator type of player. Mm-hmm. So if that's something in your back pocket too, I don't know what way that leads you in terms of a front office decision, but something you got to think about. Oh, yeah. You I, I have... love Scotty. Mm-hmm. I could talk Scotty all day. Yeah. You know, I like I said, I see it in the comments. Yeah. The hate towards him sometimes when he doesn't perform, or it's like the step from year one to year two is not taken. Like it's been taken. Yeah, you're seeing it, but like you're seeing, it's really hard for you know you have two guys in contract years and Trent yeah. and Van Vliet. Like bro, those guys want the ball, mm-hmm. and when you're in a contract year and you're not getting the ball, the locker room feels it. Yeah, and Scotty said it time and time again. Like I look for others. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's not taking his shots or he's not getting his looks. It's like, bro, if he doesn't like facilitate in what he does, like you're gonna hear it in the locker room. Like, yeah. oh, it's my contract here. Not saying that's what happens. Right. Like it clearly adds some sort of yeah dilemma around it. But I would hope that like over time we, you know, Scotty really thrives with cutters in the back yeah. door who make those smart IQ plays can hit the knockdown shot mm. coming off of like a down screen or something. Yeah. That's why you see him play really well with guys like OG with guys like Trent mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it sucks that OG is so like, it doesn't suck that he has value. Yeah. It's good, but it's like that duo itself. They're so much fun to watch. Yeah. Cause there was a point where Siakam and Van Vliet were both injured and it was literally like Scotty and OG running the show. And they were getting wins, man. And they were yeah. looking good. Like, they were dotting each other. It was like, and clearly they have a good relationship. So, but like, that's like, it kind of gives you a glimpse of like, you know, if you can build those guys around, then. Yeah. Do you think. story. Do you think Scotty is a 1A caliber player? Like, do you think he's going to be, do you, do you foresee him being uh, the type of guy that could be the focal point of, you know, a franchise? I like to believe so. Yeah. Like, I, I think for me, I'm not like, uh, yeah. I like to be real, but I also yeah. like to give guys, like, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Right. It might not surprise people. Yeah. But I think that when we talk about like being the guy, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I see it from a perspective of yeah. all the fans and all the crazy takes. You know, fans really 
I'm not saying like now. I'm just right. like in general speaking, fans really put guys in boxes they're not in right and they judge them off that box. right and the prime example not to get off topic but the prime example is like siakam yeah right like people are like oh man we're paying him the money he's supposed to be the guy he's not doing this he can't hit the late game shots in the half court offense it's like you're like people put him in that box he's not in mm-hmm. right like his offensive bag is not as deep as you see with like a tatum a shay gilgis yeah. or like kd or some right. of these like offensive killers that are like yo these guys could be the guy yeah and you know kd's proved it you know lebron's proved it tatum is proving it yeah but and luca is proving it but siakam doesn't have that bag yeah. Right? And when we're forcing him to box himself and be that guy, it's like when he doesn't do those steps, it's like, you're not good. You're yeah. like spinning too much, <laughs> you know? So I think that, and teams are, that's his focal point on defense. Like shut down Siakam, call yeah. up the paint, force the shooters. And he's not, he's never been like in historically speaking, a shot creator yeah. getting those buckets, but he's still dropping buckets. Yeah. So it's like, and you see him trying to be that type of player. Well, he, well, he, he's we, trying to be more perimeter. Forcing yeah. him to be. Yeah. That's the thing, right? So when you're forcing a player to expand their game, be outside their elements, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be yeah. bumps. But he's still doing it at a high level. Yeah. What is it, like 25, 26 points a game, eight yeah. rebounds, six assists? Non-all-star. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Non-all-star. But, but it's <laughs> I, we could go all the yeah. way. He should be. Yeah, I but, agree. But the thing is now when you look at Scotty, right, what I hope it doesn't happen is – People are like, year one, year two, bro, you're supposed to be the guy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I see that same pattern of like, right when Siakam got the keys, it's like, bro, you're the guy. Yeah. But it's like, dude, like his offensive bag is not the guy, you know, but why can't you be 1B? Right. Right. I, like, sorry to cut you off, but like the championship run, he was in the perfect role for himself. Where that's he had, his role. That's his role. And that guy is still worth a max contract. A hundred percent. Yeah. Every player needs that Robin sidekick. Mm-hmm. Like throughout history, you've always seen it. Like, yeah. you, um, like you've seen the Spurs like break that thing when they had their yeah. overall chemistry and all that. But, you know, we saw what Co- like Siakam could do, mm-hmm. a developing Siakam right. with a Kawhi. Like imagine you had a player who drawed two, who, you know, could create their own, be that guy for you while you have a Siakam when he was developing, we saw, but like a right now Siakam yeah. who could do it all at a higher level, guard pretty much one through five, catch and shoot, mm-hmm. run the run the floor, do everything. So it's like I do see the Raptors keeping Siakam, right? But to even go back, right? Do I see Scotty being that championship player? I don't know if his game will make him be like right. the guy who's going to be dropping like what we saw Kawhi do like mm-hmm. 30 points with like four or five six assists with you know yeah eight rebounds i don't know if he's like an offensive repertoire guy mm-hmm. but i think he could be a guy who's like the most ideal glue piece mm-hmm. in a championship system yeah. with his lengths his de- his defensive instincts the way he could see the floor and the passes this kid gets off, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I think like, you know, if you're able to work him in that system, right. Sky's the limit. So when we drafted Scotty, I kind of viewed him on a spectrum between Giannis and Draymond. And I don't think 
Giannis doesn't mean you're going to be two-time MVP, perennial MVP caliber, and Draymond doesn't mean you're going to be strictly a role player, but I thought his development could lead him to one of those two ways, right? Is he going to be more ball-dominant, draw-to-kick sort of guy, or is he going to be a more defensive-orientated facilitator on offense? I thought that might have been a fair way. And both those guys can lead you to championships. I mean, Draymond more in a peripheral role, Giannis more of the focus, but they're both necessary Mm -hmm. for for a title. Um, We're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to come back to you, and we're going to talk about hot seat for potentially uh, Nick Nurse over there. So we'll be back. Yeah, so quick break just now. um, Wanted to put some producer notes into this uh, regarding the absences. Uh, I know a lot of people have been hitting me up about doing more podcasts. They're coming. Uh, Just had to take a quick hiatus working on some of my studies. Um, That wraps up at the end of February. We have guests lined up from the spring all the way through the summer. So expect good things out of that. On another note, the Red Search Seniors podcast with Dustin McTaggart, uh, not so tragically had to be put on pause for a bit because Dustin, shout out to Dustin, he has gotten a tremendous gig opportunity over at Prolific Prep, the number one prep team in the States. He's going to be over there uh, assisting that team. It's a no-brainer decision for him to go and do that. So the Red Shirt Seniors podcast is on pause. Um, hope to resume that at some point. And the Iskani Sports podcast, as you see today, uh, will be ramping back up in the near future. All right, and we're back. Before we get to the potential Nick Nurse hot seat situation, I wanted to float by you quickly. Are there any wish list items you would have for the Raptors' trade deadline? Is there anything you'd want to address, or is it more so assets, assets, assets? We'll figure it out later. Yeah, like, you know, I think the route of assets and straight-up picks has never mm-hmm. been, like, the Masai Bobby style, mm-hmm. per se. I think for me, if we're going to move from an OG Fred, I would like to see a young player come out of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it fits like a need of a playmaker or a shot creator or um, a good moving defensive big, for example, or just like a big that can fit, like fill the lanes and play the lanes. Um, that's what I would like really like to go for. Because if you move a player, let's say you traded OG and your focus was all picks, you're really, st- like, there's the word, stunting, stinting? Yes. You're stinting their stinting. growth of Barnes. Like, let's say you want Barnes to continue developing. Right. You know, I think he's a guy who can play with anybody. Mm-hmm. But if you don't give him, let's say, like, a shot creator to play with or, like, put him in pick-and-roll situations with, like, let's say, not a household name playmaker who could do stuff, like, you're really amplifying his game more. Right. Then forcing him to play out of the realm of his game and yeah. forcing him to, you know, make tougher decisions all the time. And like right. obviously you want him to make tough decisions, but you also want to put around guys, even if it's like at a base level, yeah, that can further amplify his game. And he, and I think you also owe that to Siakam if you're gonna keep him. Yeah. Um, you know, you want guys that can help him compete. Mm-hmm. Like I know Siakam 
probably not probably hasn't said it. You know, he's been very professional, but he's pissed that he's not an all-star. Yeah. And if he doesn't make all NBA, I don't think he's eligible for a supermax. It's like, bro, he's gonna come for people's heads. Yeah. So if you if you can't elevate the younger guys around you, and you also want Precious to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to see Precious with a good playmaking guard, right? That right. can activate his game more. So, you know, the picks are great. I think they're like necessary and yeah. essential but give me some complementary pieces whether they're you know here for the long term the short term for the time being like i want that right so it sounds like you're more optimistic about the internal growth of the guys that are already kind of here and, th- and that's just the are, raptors though yeah right? and like, that's what they're known for and the ability to bring someone in and also develop them um so what about like a five? Are you interested at all in addressing the center position or is that just not something that needs to be looked at right now at 22, 23, and 30? Yeah, like I think the center position is always going to be like a question mark with the Raptors. Yeah. I do like the flashes I'm seeing from Coloco. Yeah. Like he needs the time. Like yeah. I didn't think he was going to come in year one, mm-hmm. getting being a starter some games, getting good minutes. Like mm-hmm. – he has a really good rim protection instinct. Right. But I would like to see what comes from him. Yeah. Um, you know, and if it's a trade and, you know, it's just like a filler, sure, we'll take a big. Yeah. Right. But I think addressing more of like a shot creator who can help in the half court or a playmaker who can make sure the offense isn't sitting like stagnant and you're yeah. watching Van Vliet ISO or Van Vliet, you know, run a screen and a chuck right. a shot. Um, I think that's a lot more important to get guys like fully involved. Mm-hmm. If a big comes like great, you know, but right. I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket. To, like, right. Cause there used to be that Pirtle obsession, bringing Yak and Pirtle back into the fold mm-hmm. and, and, and that's gone way, that's gone way quiet since, uh, yeah, I think, I think more like the Spurs want a pick out of that. Yeah. Like if I'm the Spurs and I'm like, Hopefully trying to get Victor Wembanyama or yeah. like a Scoot Henderson or, yeah. you know, one of the Thompson twins or one of those guys. Why would they want an expiring for an expiring? Yeah. And they can just like get another pick. Take for, another bite at the apple. Exactly. Just get another piece, throw in their development system, see what, you mm. know, see what comes out. I would love to see Pirtle back with Toronto. Yeah. He's a guy that can get a, other players going. Yeah. You know, his defensive abilities are really underrated yeah and i think is like mid-range passing and is like mid-range floater and like close, yeah close shots are underrated so like that's a perfect player you want playing with everybody yeah with scotty with siakam you know if we keep trent um those things okay so the season definitely isn't going the way i think people had planned i don't know if it was clearly i don't think it was foreseeable i you think only i think only the Celtics fans in my life would tell me that this is how our season was going to go back in October. But so here we are. How do you allocate blame? And do you think that results in Nick nurse potentially being on a hot seat here? Or how would you know? No, I like, no, I don't think anyone can, could have seen this coming. Like yeah. you could have theories or you could be like, like I was pretty optimistic. We were going to be in that like eight, to six range i was Mm -hmm. hoping for that and you know the way the seasons unfold and got to take into account like injuries and players like players being out and not lineups developing fully Mm -hmm. together 
Um, that's like a really big thing. But to put everything on Nick Nurse, like, look, everybody's made their mistakes, right? Like, you know, Nick Nurse has had questionable lineups. You know, his starter usage is like some question marks, right? Like, what was it? Like, um, Thibodeau was yeah. like overplay oh, starters. Man. Like, so, you know, there's all that to come into a play. But, you know, obviously, I think like from like MLSC side, like, all about money and yeah. games like you you want to win games so you got to put the guys who can win you those games um but i but to put all the blame on him like i i don't know like i don't know like van vliet was super cold yeah super cold mm -hmm. like bro he couldn't hit anything like going one for nine some games and it's just like dude how can you win a game when like you're number two some should sometimes number one option yeah is just offering you nothing or you see like Siakam playing hot Van Vliet or Van Vliet playing hot Siakam not it's like that that equation in itself is like what do you expect right so I think like you know to put everything on nurse I don't think like internally that's what's happening yeah I think like that's just like outside noise because like I think a lot of this stuff is outside noise because the Raptors aren't a team that leaks so mm -hmm. it's like all this stuff coming out with like OG not being happy, Nurse yeah. in the hot seat, Van Vliet, like, you know, leaks of like contracts, yeah. whatever. It's very uncharacteristic. So that's why I think like there are going to be moving pieces. But I don't think like seeing the relationship that like Masai and Bobby have with Nurse. Yeah. I don't think the blame is him. Has he made mistakes? Right. Sure. Like you've seen it. Like yeah. the, all of the things I mentioned, but... To put the full blame on him, no. Like, right. I wouldn't say his job's up for, right. like, like I'm not saying he's in canned. Yeah. But, like, give him one through eight that can play, you know, work together, do all the things that he's able to do because he specializes in a lot of areas. So if he can have guys that can do it, test them out there. Mm -hmm. Not where it's like you're trying to find a combo to make something of nothing. Right. That makes sense. So, in a nutshell, you don't think the 2022-2023 season is a fireable offense for Nick Nurse? No. Me neither. I. You could say the Tampa one should have been a fireable offense. That Was that directly at, was that the first, yeah, that was the post-quiet year. That was the first post-quiet year, right? I think. That was a messed up year. Yeah, like that that whole year. Oh, like no, because there was the bubble and then there was a yeah. season in – right. So that, yeah, like that the was whole, – yeah. The whole season of that is like a write-off. Yeah. And I think when we look back on this season, this is like a season that's going to be a write-off. Because yeah. it's like to put to, – everyone wants to point the finger, but like, you know, kind of summing this whole thing up, mm -hmm. the rappers need to pick like a freaking right. direction. Yeah. Right? They're like, oh, we want to win games. We want to compete. And they're competing some games. And they look good. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, we want to tank. We want to do this. And it's yeah. just like, bro, you got to pick a lane. Right. Like, you got to do one thing and then commit to it. Because if yeah. you're going to compete, okay, let's be a buyer. Let's, you know, try to upgrade, try to do this. But right. it's like, what trade now is going to win us a chip? And then is it worth it? Right. But it's like, you know, I would kind of hope they lean more towards like, let's do like a rebuild. Because I think mm -hmm. they've been trying to do what I like to call a retool. Yeah. You know, um, try to do simple moves, little yeah. plays, see if guys can pan out. But it's like, it's not happening. Right. So, and their team, And their team was primed as a retool team. And I think 
again, in the summer, the theory was if we get KD, we're right back there at championship level. Yeah. Keep it. And there's been no turnover on the roster to this point. It's the same roster. They just haven't, the pieces just haven't fit this year. So I think they're just as likely to have, to view themselves. I don't know how they think, but they could very well view themselves as we're still that team that is a superstar away from being in that top four conversation. Yeah, that's very fair. But they also have the added, we have all these valuable pieces. There's f- maybe f- four or five tremendous players in this year's draft. So it's a, it's a tough position to be in. But either way, I think this season, whatever route you pick, that's the route you're on for the next three. <laughs> yeah, like you have to this is the make a decision. And I think, you know, it's very uncharacteristic of the Raptors that they don't make decisions when they're in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Ideally, as a team, you never do. Yeah. But, like, it's a unique situation where, like, you would think we have no leverage, but we still do. Yeah. Like, we could choose to, you know, for all I know, we mm-hmm. want to pay OG. Yeah. We want to pay Van Vliet. We want to yeah. pay Trent and figure it out. Yeah. But, you know, so the leverage is there. You know, history itself is not on our side of yeah. making rash decisions. So are we in the KD sweepstakes? Maybe. Are we in the superstar to get someone crazy? Maybe. Are we going to look to get picks crazy? I think the foundation is there. It's like, what the hell are Bobby and Masai going to do? Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. It's like, are they going to pick a lane? Are they going to wait it out? Are they going to ride and die with this team? And it's like February 9th is the deadline? I think so. I think we'll so. We'll fact check we'll, it. Yeah. I think we'll pop up. Yeah. Uh, oh, give me more work and post. I like it. Go, there you go. <laughs> um, like, we're going to know how they're playing this yeah. for the offseason. Because then if you don't trade Van Vliet, you're going to pay him. Because you're not losing him for nothing. Yeah. Then... Then we'll know. Then we'll know. Zvi, dude, thank you for taking the time. Uh, one more time, where can people find you? What are you about? X, Y, Z. Yeah, so the Raptors Insider, social media platform, predominantly on Instagram. Uh, all about the Raptors, all about creating dialogue. And for me, I'm just a guy who loves basketball, can talk about it all day, and I'm Thank you for having me here so I don't have to bug my friends to, <laughs> you know, talk their ear off about basketball. That's yeah. why I have a platform. That's the Are you a that. caller? I'm a big caller. I like to call. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a voice notes guy. Yeah, No, voice notes are weird to me. That's what I do. Feel you, dude. Um, also, just thinking about this right now, how many, have you had like a proper face reveal? Like, do people know you as the Raptors Insider? Is this the, is this the first time? No. I wouldn't say the first time. I've done like stuff on my Discord server. Yeah. So people in the Discord server have seen my face. Uh, I think I posted like a picture or two on my story. Yeah. But I don't really, I haven't done like full face to the page. So <laughs> this is kind of like one of the, the, the first ones. This is a. But uh, it's something I've had on the back burner to like do more of these things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, wor- being a one man operation, working full time. Yeah. Uh, and trying to do other things and live a life, it's hard to put everything into fruition, but that's the challenge, right? So, yeah. I there just, you go. Yeah, man. I want to say thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, buddy. Bro, this uh, has been awesome. We could have had a completely different conversation today because we 
we know each other through completely different type of work, also involved with basketball. So I'm going to have you back for that uh, one time. We're going to talk about the local scene, but the Raptors are the conversation of the day. Thanks, guys, for watching. And these are going to be coming out more consistently now the drought is over. All right. Like, share, subscribe. I don't have to say it no more. There Appreciate you go. It.